Welcome to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon has a passion for scripture that will motivate and challenge you to immerse yourself in God's word and apply his message to your everyday life. Visit SeekingTruth.net to learn more about bringing Seeking Truth to your parish or to become an online learner. Today, it's part three of the book of Ruth, chapters two through four, and now Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. She has been on her feet since early in the morning until now without resting for even a moment. Now, this is very admirable, this quality. She is a hard, hard, hard worker. Thomas Edison said there is no substitute for hard work. Industrious, hardworking women are admired all over the world. In every country, on every continent, a noble, hardworking woman is a woman of great character and worthiness. Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, my daughter, a Moabite. He's calling her a daughter. That's, that's, that's family. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this field, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that's being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you because women got bothered a lot out in the fields because women were property. Why does the warning come about men in the fields staying close by? Well, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for a young, beautiful Moabite woman out in the field, a foreigner. Remember this, we're in the time of the judges. Remember the sin cycle of the judges from last week. They do what they want to do. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Remember? Okay, so one time, and this is at the time of Ruth, this is right near this same time, the Benjamites what shall we do for, for wives of those who are left since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? All the women of the tribe Benjamin got wiped out and the whole tribe is in danger in war. The whole tribe is in danger of getting blotted out from Israel, the whole tribe of Benjamin. But the, the word was that cursed be he who gives a wife to Benjamin. So everyone was ordered not to give your wives to Benjamin. So at the yearly feast, the harvest feast at Shiloh, where there, the Ark of the Covenant was, what happens? Behold, there's a yearly feast and they are instructed, the Benjamites are instructed to when the young women come out in the fields from their gleaning to attack them, lay in wait in the vineyard and watch. And when the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance, the harvest dance, the thanksgiving to God, the worship dance, then seize them kidnap them and make them your wives. And this really happened to take them back to the land of Benjamite and make them forcibly become your wives. So these young women at Shiloh were kidnapped in Judges 21 and they were drugged with the Benjaminite men back to have their children so that their tribe would not become extinct, kidnapped and forced to be wives. So it's dangerous for a woman out in the field. The story would have been one that Boaz knew well, and he's trying to protect Ruth. He's trying to be her guardian. So the Benjamites took their wives at that time and carried them off. And it says then in that chapter, again, in those days, there was no king in Israel and every man did what was right in his own eyes. So Boaz is protecting Ruth. He has become her guardian. And the word name title Boaz means one who's strong, one who brings refuge uh, in whom one can seek safety, an agent of safety. So he also tells Ruth, Ruth, if you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Now, a Jewish man offering a thirsty foreign woman outside of Yahweh's covenant a drink of water. Does that remind you of anyone? A foreign woman wanting water from a Jew. A Moabite drinking from a Jewish water vessel, really? 
This is very reminiscent of John 4 when Jesus comes to the well and the Samaritan woman, he'll, he'll drink from her, her vessel. Ruth will see typologies of Boaz for both Jesus and Joseph. Okay, so be watching and, and thinking of those. Ruth falls prostrate, her face to the ground, and she says to Boaz, why have I found such favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? Very similar to what Fotina said at the well, the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, how is it that you, a Jew, could give a drink to me, a Samaritan woman? Jesus, the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. They also had no dealings with Moabite women. Boaz answered Ruth, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Boaz is very impressed with Ruth's character. Now, Boaz and Ruth have a story. May the Lord reward you for your deeds. And may you have a full reward from the Lord, Boaz tells her. May the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge, bless you. What does that sound like? Under whose wings you have come for a rescue. That's bridegroom talk. We learned that last week. That's definitely bridegroom talk. That's a pickup line that God gave the people at the base of Sinai. Remember how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. So Boaz is, there's some bridegroom speak going on here. May you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, may I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. Ruth had found shelter in Boaz of Israel, a guardian, a protector. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some of this bread and dip your morsel into the wine. Hmm. So she sat beside the reapers, and he heaped up for her some parched grain, and she ate until she was satisfied. And there was even some left over. Does that sound like anyone you know? Do you hear? Maybe what John was praying with at the time of Shavuot. John 6, they had eaten their fill. They gathered up the fragments left over because the spring barley is the first, eating until satisfied. Boaz is a type of Jesus. Boaz is a type of Joseph. Both of these coming from the same line of kinsmen from the royal house, eventually of King David. When she got up to glean, Boaz instructed the young men, let her glean even among the standing sheaves and do not reproach her. Let her glean even among the standing sheaves. Those are the ones that have already been harvested, the ones that are standing up in the middle of the field. You're going to let her glean from those? Anything that falls below, all that we've gathered up and anything there on the ground she can have? Yeah. You must also pull out for her some handfuls from the bundles. What? For a Moabite? Are you kidding me? And leave them for her to glean and do not rebuke her. This is unheard of. This is unheard of. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was an ephra of barley. Do you know how much an ephra is? One full bushel. Do you know how hard it is to glean one full bushel of grain after all the good stuff's gone? She picked it up. She came into the town, and her mother-in-law, Naomi, saw how much she had gleaned. She took out and gave to her what was left over after she herself had been satisfied. Ruth gives it to Naomi first. Take whatever you want. I'll take the leftovers. Her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? Where have you been working? 
Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the name of the man whom I worked with today is named Boaz. Boaz, guardian, protector, kinsman, one who would put her under his wings and be a guardian, protector, a kinsman. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Old Mara, bitter old Mara, is coming back into pleasantness because someone is watching out for them. Naomi said to her, the man is a relative of ours and he is one of our nearest of kin. Now, if you know the, the, the Leverite marriage laws in Deuteronomy 25, you'll understand Ruth a lot better. If a brother, if they dwell together and one of the brothers dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. No, no, no. The husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duties of a husband's brother to her. And the first son, the first son whom she bears shall succeed to the name of the brother who is dead, that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. This is how it worked. This is the Levitical marriage law of Deuteronomy 25, which you must understand or you will not understand Ruth. When the transaction was complete, the first of kin would, would pull off the sandal and hail the sandal, and he would be the redeemer kinsman. Now Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay close by my servants. Boaz said, until they have finished the harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is better, my daughter, that you go out with his young women. Otherwise, you might be bothered in another field. Stay with Boaz. Stay with Boaz. He's our guardian. He's our protector. He's our kinsman. Stay with him. Stay under his wing. So she stayed close to the women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. So that's at least 50 days, but that's just till the first fruit of the wheat. So then another several weeks. So she's been gleaning a long time. She's a hard worker. From barley to wheat, she has completed the entire season of harvesting. Those first fruits for the entire village would have been committed. Once the barley's ready, then the next several weeks, it's just work, 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 harvest, 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 harvest. The harvest is many, the laborers are few. That's where we get lines like that. The Holy Land, the Promised Land, was flowing with milk and honey. Only men could own the land. Naomi's husband has been, had been the landowner, but he died. It would have then gone to Milan, the firstborn son. Remember his name, Sickly? He would have been the next to redeem the land, but he died. So it would have gone down to the next son, Chilion. But guess what? His name is Destruction, and he died also. So when Chilion died, who's going to redeem the land? There's no one left. Who's the next of kin? Who's the next of kin? She's buried all three men. Who's going to redeem Elimelech's piece of the holy land that belonged to Naomi by marriage? But women can't own land. It can't be a deed in their name. So what are they going to do? They have to have a next of kin to have a firstborn son so they can redeem the land. It's called a kinsman redeemer. Naomi needs the next of kin. She needs a kinsman redeemer to get their land back. It's called the goel. Naomi's land would be offered to the next closest kinsman and he would have the right of first redemption. Now with the land comes all the property and guess what? The widows are property in this day and age. You get my land, you get my widow. So they had to be redeemed. They must be redeemed to get their inheritance back, to get their piece of the promised land back. And we must be redeemed to get our inheritance back. We must be redeemed to get back to our inheritance, the promised land of heaven. Get it? We need a redeemer. We need a kinsman redeemer, just like they did. We had a place in paradise. We had a, a portion of paradise as humans, but we lost our inheritance. We were sent out to a foreign land. And we lost our husband, God, because we didn't hear and we didn't obey his word. 
And even we have the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we didn't obey his word. We too would need a firstborn son, a kinsman redeemer, to get us back to the promised land of paradise because our inheritance as sons and daughters of God is to be in full communion with the Trinity for all eternity. All humanity needs a kinsman redeemer. Every single person sitting here needs a kinsman redeemer. Mary needed a kinsman redeemer. Even though she was sinless, she calls Jesus in her Magnificat, my savior. My redeemer. Naomi needs a kinsman redeemer. Ruth, a foreign Moabite convert, may be just the one who can get the redeemer for their family. Crazy. Nothing is irredeemable with God. Ruth needs a firstborn son to redeem their piece of the promised land. But before she has a firstborn son, she needs a husband from kin. Now, that's where Boaz comes in. There's a slight problem, maybe one or two. She's a Moabite, he's Jewish. And also, oh yeah, there's one kinsman who's closer in relation than Boaz. Hmm. She's Ruth's a foreigner. She's a Moabite woman. She has to be redeemed. We too are foreigners. We're not part of the chosen Jewish race. They're the firstborn sons, but we're Gentiles, but we've lost our inheritance. We too need redeeming. We need a kinsman redeemer. That's where Jesus comes in as an antitype of Boaz. Jesus says to Mary, go and tell my father and your father. That makes them kin. That makes them brother and sister. Jesus is our sibling. Go tell my brothers, my father and your father, my God and your God. So we're redeemed by a kinsman. He joined our humanity as a new Adam. He's the firstborn of a new creation. We've all lost our piece of the promised land, but now we have a risen kinsman redeemer. He's our new kinsman. We share fathers, God the Father. We've inherited that spiritual DNA from our first parents. We need a redeemer. We need a firstborn son of a new creation who could join our humanity and be our kinsman redeemer so we could get redeemed. We need a type of Ruth. Her antitype is Mary. We need a type of her son. The antitype is Jesus. Joseph is an antitype for Boaz, a guardian, a protector, a defender, a righteous, just man who knows the law. Now, in the rabbinical literature, we have a few clues. This is from the Midrash of Ruth Rabbah states, being a pious man, Boaz, on his first meeting with Ruth, perceived her conscientiousness in picking up the grain. And as she strictly observed the rules prescribed by the law, this, as well as her grace and her chaste conduct during work, induced Boaz to inquire about the stranger, although he was not in the habit of inquiring after women. In the conversation that followed between Boaz and Ruth, the pious proselyte said that being a Moabite, she was excluded from association with the community of God, referring to Deuteronomy 23.4. But Boaz replied that the prohibition in scripture applied only to the men of Moab and not to the women. So Boaz knows the law. He is a righteous man like Joseph knew the law with Mary. He furthermore told her that he had heard from the prophets that she was destined to become the ancestress of kings and prophets. And he blessed her with these words, may God who rewards the pious also reward you, Ruth. Boaz was especially friendly toward the poor stranger during the meal when he indicated to her by various symbolic courtesies that she would become the ancestress of the Davidic royal house, including the Messiah. And as toward Ruth, Boaz had been kind towards his kinsmen, Naomi's sons, on hearing of their death. He gave them an honorable burial. Boaz did. Okay, Ruth chapter 3 then, Naomi, the mother-in-law, says, my daughter, Ruth, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Naomi's getting older. Our kinsman, Boaz, 
with who young women have been working. You've been working with him. He's winnowing tonight down at the threshing floor. He's winnowing barley tonight. Now go wash yourself, anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes. What does that sound like? That sounds like a wedding. At Sinai, the people were told to go wash themselves, anoint themselves, and put on their best garments. Wash their garments and be ready. Go wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. This is what a threshing floor looked like back then. The men would work all day, and they would, the wheat would come in from the fields, and they would have to use the winnowing fork, and the chaff and the, the grain would be separated. It was hard work, and towards the end of the day, when evening fell, they were tired, they ate, they drank, and sometimes other things happened on the threshing room floor at night. But make, uh, do not make yourself known to the man, Boaz, until he has finished eating and drinking said her mother-in-law. And when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, and then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. Now, do whatever he tells you. We've heard this before. This is a, another wedding. John is thinking of Ruth as he's writing, as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit and seeing some of the fulfillments. This is bridegroom talk. Do whatever he tells you. Naomi says that to Ruth. Mary said that to the servants. Naomi says it to servant Ruth. Now, Naomi knows. Naomi knows the righteousness of Boaz. She is confident in his righteousness. She is not afraid for Ruth to do this. That's important. Ruth said to Naomi, all that you tell me to do, I will do. Who does that sound like? All that the Lord has said, we will do. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'll do what you say right? That's wedding talk at Exodus 19, when the Lord came down and the Israelites said, all that you say we will do. That's what Ruth said to her mother-in-law. So she went down to the threshing floor and she did just as her mother-in-law instructed her. When Boaz had eaten and drunk and he was in a contented mood and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, she came stealthily and uncovered his feet and lied down. And at midnight, the man was startled and he turned over and there lying at his feet was a woman. And she answered, I am Ruth. I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your cloak over your servant, for you are next of kin. He could have done anything he wanted at that moment. Do whatever he tells you. But may Naomi knows his character. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter Ruth. This last instance of your loyalty is better than the first. For you have not gone after younger men, whether rich or poor. You have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. My daughter, do not be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. For all the assembly of my people know that you are a woman of worth. And in the Hebrew, that is an ishahayil. Ruth was a Isha Hayel. It's a Proverbs 31 woman. These books are right after one another for the Jews. She's a Proverbs 31 woman. She is a woman of high character and virtue. She is a noble woman of great worth. You are a woman of great worth, Ruth. Proverbs 12 says, a good wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. Proverbs 31, a good wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Ruth is immediately making a real life example of what a woman of noble character looks like, Ishahiel, a woman of great worth, and Boaz knows it. And do you see how Naomi was so sure that Boaz would not take advantage of her because he's a righteous man, like Joseph, never took advantage of Mary. But now, though it is true enough that I am a near kinsman, there is another kinsman that's more closely related than I am. Did Naomi know that? Uh-huh, she did. Remain this night, and in the morning, 
if he will act as next of kin for you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to act as next of kin for you, then as the Lord lives, I will act as next of kin for you. Now lie down until the morning. So he's not going to take advantage of her. He's going to make fair and square. He's going to see if the other guy wants the right of first refusal, right? Naomi knew he would do this. He, she knows his character. So Ruth laid there until the morning and it must not be known that the woman came to the threshing room floor. Boaz is even protecting her character because a lot of different things happened in the night on the threshing room floor. So he wants her to sneak out before morning so no one sees, so her reputation is spotless. So the town doesn't start talking about things they don't even know what's going on. Can't imagine that would ever happen. But again, Boaz is guarding Ruth's dignity. And he says, bring the cloak that you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and he measured out six measures of barley and he put it on her back and he went back into the city now that's the same cloak that she covered him with that's bridegroom talk again to uncover someone's nakedness this is all bridegroom talk in the old testament but he puts in six measures six six measures of barley in john's wedding feast at cana how many jugs of wine six this is not seven six is one less than seven you're created on day six but you're created for day seven the finest wine right six is not seven but it is marital talk boaz provides the grain he's providing grain we know joseph in the old testament provided grain for the world in time of famine this joseph is providing wheat the finest wheat you know jesus will be the, the gift of finest wheat this boaz is giving her barley grain so endless grain endless grapes endless bread endless wine endless flesh endless blood of jesus christ all those typologies are there in this passage in the in these verses she came to her mother-in-law who said how did things go with you my daughter and when she told her all that the man had done for her in saying he gave me six measures of barley for he said don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed wink wink that's a little wink wink for naomi who trusted his character who trusted his righteousness who did not have his way with ruth who protected her and guarded her dignity this is a man of virtue and a woman of virtue and naomi will get it she'll see the grain and she'll know naomi replied wait my daughter until you have learned how this matter turns out for the man boaz will not rest but we'll settle this matter today. She knows Boaz is gonna go take care of this. No sooner had Boaz gone up from the gate to the city, he sat down there to the next akin of whom Boaz had spoken. He came passing by and Boaz said, come over here, friend, sit down here. He went over, he sat down. Boaz took the men of the elders of the city. He said, Naomi has come back from the country of Moab. She is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our kinsman and Limelech. So I thought I would tell you about it, but in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of all the elders and all the people, if you will redeem it, this is to the guy who's next of kin, if you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not tell me so that I may know, for there is no one prior to you to redeem it and I come after you. So he's doing the right thing. He's telling the other guy, you have right of first redemption. If you want it, it's yours. And the guy said, I will redeem it. It's a piece of the promised land. He could have more of the promised land. He could have more land. That's everything in the promised land. He says, I'll take it. Then Boaz said, well, the day you acquire the field from the hand of Naomi, you're, you're getting Naomi, but you're also requiring Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead man, to maintain the dead man's name on the inheritance. According to Levite marriage laws, you get the two widows. You get old Naomi. She can't bear children anymore, so that's not going to lessen his splitting it up between people. But you're also going to get a Moabite. A Moabite? Hmm. At this, the next akin said, 
I cannot redeem it for myself without damaging my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, I can't, I can't redeem it. Now, this is the custom in former times than in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm a transaction. The one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the manner of attesting itself in Israel. He drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. That was the sign, the redemption, the transfer of property to become final. One party took off the sandal and gave it to the other to legalize the transaction with witnesses. So the next of kin said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. He drew off his sandal. Boaz said to the elders and to all the people, you are my witnesses. This day I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and all that belonged to Milan. Also Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of Milan, I have bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses of this today. All the people who were at the gate, all the elders said, we are witnesses. Now, back to John's gospel. When Jesus came and John baptized him, and John said, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, the throng of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Do you see, John is not the redeemer. John says, I can't even touch his sandal. Jesus is, it's Jesus who's the kinsman redeemer. It's Jesus who will freely offer his sandal to the Father and to all of us and become our kinsman redeemer so we can have our rightful inheritance to the promised land again. John knows that Jesus is the bridegroom. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. May you prosper in Ephrathah. May you be known in Bethlehem. No problem. May you be like those in the house of Perez who Tamar bore to Judah because the children that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in all of Israel. He shall be a restorer of life in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has bore him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom, and she became his nurse. Very reminiscent of when Moshe was pulled from the water and Jochebed, his own mother, became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. So Ruth the Moabite has moved from barley to wheat, nothing and no one is irredeemable because all things are possible with God. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we praise and thank you for this Holy Spirit story of Ruth going from barley to wheat, from Passover to Pentecost, of us going from eating with animals to eating the finest wheat, you hidden in the Eucharist. May we always remember who you are and who we are because of you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was part three of the book of Ruth, chapters two through four, on Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. To learn more about Seeking Truth Bible Studies, visit SeekingTruth.net. Tune in next time for more Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.